the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, we return to the purveyors of real estate knowledge. Your Real Estate Chalk Talk. Hey, welcome back to the program. Thanks for staying with us. This is Your Real Estate Chalk Talk. We're broadcasting from the Rack Shack Barbecue Studio in Egan, Minnesota. Hittnergroup.com. H-I-T-T-N-E-R Group. Hittnergroup.com. 612-627-8000. If you've got a question, give us a ring-a-ling-a-ling. We'd be happy to answer your question. That first call, of course, with no cost and absolutely no obligation. We're in the studio with John Morphew today, and he is an eminent domain attorney, real estate attorney. And I like to say, if you want to get your value out of your property, call John Morphew because he gets more for you. I'm just throwing that in there. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. that. Okay. <laughs> I got a question. We we asked about you know what's going on south here, but before I get into that, just uh, but when we we're off air, we were talking a little bit about schools. Keith brought up that some of the colleges are buying up schools around, you know, just buying anything that comes on the market. They just buy it because they want to maybe do some future uh, uh, improvements or expand or housing or whatever. What happens? Can a private school, like a college or a university, do they have any eminent domain rights that they can do a taking? Um, you know, the like a private school most li- most likely would not, um, unless they were sort of given that. The, the state can delegate that authority to private entities. Like um, utility companies have the power of eminent domain that's been delegated to them by the government because it's not feasible. Because there's so many utility line projects going on, it's not feasible for the government to come in and do each one of those. Sure. So it could. So theoretically, it could happen. Now, your public universities, they would have that. Um, and I know even the university. I've had a few cases against the University of Minnesota over the years. Um, so they can exercise the power of eminent domain. But more your private schools, probably not. Um, but it would depend upon the individual circumstances. But the University of Minnesota can. Yes. And one of the cases I worked on was when they were building the um, uh, TCF Bank Stadium, the old Peking Garden. That was right. Yeah. I don't know if you remember where that was at. Right there, kind of on that island. Mm-hmm. Um, they forced they bought that that property out and forced them to relocate down to the RK Midway property there in St. Paul. Okay. And so I worked with uh, Peking Garden back then when they were forced to move. And when you're when you're saying work with them, what does that mean? What are you doing? I'm representing them. Just uh, what my my goal is is what I do is I work with my clients to ensure that they get paid everything they're entitled to under the law. And generally in Minnesota, the taking of property for whatever reason has evolved into a very adversarial process mm-hmm. where the government wants to take the property and pay the least amount of money possible mm-hmm. to take that property. Right. So I work with homeowners, tenants, and businesses to make sure they get paid you know, the maximum value for the taking of their property. And then if they have to relocate, making sure that they get paid all the, the moving costs and moving benefits and that sort of thing that mm-hmm. they're entitled to if they have to move to a new location. So who determines the value, the loss the value of that loss. You so you have somebody that you have that determines it, and then the government has someone on their side, and then you guys argue and. Correct. Yeah, both sides have appraisers, have very you know experienced, knowledgeable uh, appraisers who do a lot of work in this particular area in eminent domain, um, and then 
both sides of praise. You come up, you come up with your values. You're probably pretty far apart. You try to negotiate and come to a resolution if you can. If you can't, then ultimately what happens is is the court appoints uh, what's called a three-person commissioner's panel, kind of like an arbitration. You don't go to district court to fight over it in front of a judge. Okay. You go to like an arbitration panel, and it's a three-person panel. It's usually an attorney, an appraiser, and then a real estate broker or a real estate agent who have knowledge of uh, real estate values. And then they're the ones who decide. So you have basically it's a battle of the experts, Mm -hmm. so to speak, between the appraisers from both sides. Hmm. So and then they are the ones who decide the uh, the compensation that's due. Is this free? I mean, this does this go on like frequently, or is it a common occurrence? It, it you know, people say I I never knew there was an eminent domain attorney or there such thing ever Uh existed. I go, it's one of the things where it's it's not as common as other legal needs, but it happens more often than you think because if you just think about how many road, just think about how many road projects are going on Mm -hmm. at any one given time, you know, and then you throw on things like light rail projects and other public improvement projects, sewer lines, water lines, those sorts of things. It it really does happen a little more often than you think it does. And then it happens all over the state. So. When you when the when a city's involved in a let's say they want to build a road or a county wants to improve a road or whatever it is and you got one landowner who you know refuses to to uh, settle does that tie up the project or do they just, well, we're going to, we are going, we know that we're going to get this settled, so we're just going to move forward with the project? It, they can't tie up the project um, anymore. If it's if it's a taking for a public use, like a road, mm-hmm. um, you can't have what's called the million-dollar holdout. Yeah. Uh, and, and the government has the power under the, the law to do what's called a 90-day quick take, mm-hmm. where they can compel you to, they can force you to basically sell the property to the government uh, within a night after receipt of a 90-day notice, so they can't stop a project. Now, after that 90 days, the homeowner, or the property owner, still has the right to fight okay. for additional compensation. But by law, so that person can't hold up a project. The law does say the government can take it within 90 days. Is 90 that day always notice. been that way? No, it hasn't always been that way. Um, and I can't remember exactly when that uh, the 90-day quick take law was, was passed. It's been, you know, 40, 50 years, something okay. like that. But, yeah, it used to be you had to wait until everyone in the project area, they were all their, their claims were done and they were paid before you could do pro- the projects. But we started to have the whole, the million-dollar holdouts and they were tying up projects. So the, the legislature passed the 90-day quick take law. I asked the question because this is probably, oh golly, it's got to be almost 40 years ago when Cedar Avenue was being improved. We owned some land, uh, five acres of land right on Cedar Avenue and 145th and Cedar, and we had two driveways. And they, as part of the improvement, they were going to take out both those driveways. And it's, well, then I would, I would have to circle around, come up from behind on a road that we paid to put in. To enter in the property, and I refuse to sign. I said, "I'm not. I'm not going to give up on it. Lose access. I'm not going to lose access." And so then we fought for a while, and the guy said, "Well, you know, it's eminent domain. We said we're just going to take it." And I said, "That's that's right, but we'll go to court over it, and you may get your road built in a couple of years." And then they conceded almost right away and gave me a driveway access on the north end of that thing just to shut me up, I suppose. So then now we move ahead to just a a couple of years ago on Highway 3. 
So we owned a restaurant over on Highway 3, a Rack Shack Barbecue on on, uh, on Highway 3 in West St. Paul. Robert Street. Yeah. On Robert Street. And they're doing that in Provo. Oh, yeah. Well, they blasted through that. And there was all kinds of lawsuits from everyone up and down the street on but that. But that was a good year and a half project. process, too. To get the thing done. But there's lawsuits that were going on during. They didn't slow down. They didn't miss a beat. No, and I, I represented a couple of people on, on, on that area on that project. And, yeah, they use the 90-day quick take yeah. so they can just blast ahead and right. do it so you can't. So no one property owner can hold up the project. Right. So What's going on right now uh, in the like in the Egan area or south of the river here that you're working on? Right now, uh, Dakota County is going through the, 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 the Lone Oak Road expansion project. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm presuming okay. that has something to do with the development they're anticipating with the Vikings Lakes okay. area over there, the TCO Performance Center. Okay. And I think they're projecting that that area is going to boom. Um, and so they're going to turn that from a two-lane road, as it is now, to a four-lane, basically divided highway. Okay. And they're going through and taking a lot of property uh, from property owners on both sides of the road. Um, you know, some of them are total acquisitions. Some of them are partial acquisitions. And a couple of the homeowners that I've talked to down there that are having partial acquisitions, they're bringing literally the right-of-way line almost right up to the edge of their house. Mm. And I can't believe on a couple of these they aren't just agreeing to do total acquisitions. Sure, they have to. How can they possibly... You know, it's it's one one of them. It's coming up. They're forcing them to move a shed that they have that's abuts their garage. And I think they said now the right of way line is going to be within eight feet of their garage wall. I'm like, that's just wow, crazy. That I can't. Is, can't. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and that's on. I mean, that's on the north side. They're on the. Bear hope no one blows a tire. They wind up in the garage. Right? <laughs> that's the thing. It's south side of the road. The same thing. There's a, a homeowner there, and I think I think the the right of way line is actually coming closer to their garage than the other one. And um, I'm not Gosh. sure why they're not taking out the entire property. They well, what they don't give any kind of a rationale for that. Isn't there setback laws or rules or something like well, that? Well, that's going to be the problem. These people's houses are now going to be in violation of setback laws. So well, that's going to be a in problem. In some cases, they'll actually pick up they'll pick up the house, move the house. Sometimes, too. yeah. I've seen over in Prior Lake, there was a property where they put in like Quick Trip and all this stuff right on uh, Eagle Creek Road okay. heading towards Highway 13 in Prior Lake. And there, there was always this house that was right on the corner, and they put in this new stoplight and all yeah. this stuff, and they literally picked up the house, put in a new foundation, and then moved the house over 15 feet. Yeah. And that was the resolution there for for that scenario. Wow. Yeah, and so I've the displacement there of the homeowner at that time and all that, it was just like, you know, crazy. Yeah, it is kind of amazing. And I think the rationale they gave for one was that they they allegedly are not going to impact either their well or their septic. And that's why they're not going to do a total acquisition. But I'm like, even if you don't, I mean, that's going to be very untenable. So if you're a homeowner and you're in, and there's some of this going on, or you hear murmurings, they should be reaching out to you. Is that how this works? Or yeah, absolutely. I mean, once you you know find out you're going to have your property taken, it's best to I mean contact an attorney, just because. Not at least, an attorney. No, you, you, it, right? contact me. And what's Go the ahead. phone number? 612-790-9189. Because you want to talk to someone that knows what they're doing. Right. right. And I can usually decide within about 15 to 20 minutes if I can help somebody or not. Okay. Number again? 612-790-9189. And the name of your firm? Morphew Law Office. Morphew Law Office. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. 612-627-8000 is our phone number. You can call us anytime. We'll answer the phone. 612-627-8000. We'll be right back. Get that. Rack Shack Attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Ooh. 